everybody. It is Friday, November 3rd. <laughs> You're listening to the Mo News Podcast. I'm Mo Shwadinu. And I'm Jill Wagner. This is the place where we bring you just the facts. And we read all the news and read between the lines so you don't have to. Jill, I think the biggest headline for everyone listening this weekend is that this is the end of daylight savings time. You are going to fall back an hour tomorrow night. But nobody told the kids. <laughs> That's the big secret. You're going to learn, Moshe. You finally got Olivia onto a slight schedule. Um, good luck. Well, we're so early. We're not even at sleep trained here in this household. So this is like the only time uh, the time change will not really be that relevant for us. Not as relevant for the, as the rest of you. But we were chit-chatting before that it's sort of a mixed blessing, this time change in your household. It is because my daughter always goes to bed way too late and then we cannot get her up in the morning to go to school and her bus comes pretty early. So actually for the past few weeks, we're just like, just wait for the time change, wait for the time change and we'll we'll be on the right schedule. So for her, we're not going to do anything different and we'll be on just a better, healthier schedule. And for my son, the advice that most experts give is do it in 15 minute increments. So mm. you can kind of adjust over four or five days. All right, there you have it, folks. Mosh, we're not just news. We're parenting advice, too. <laughs> now now that both of us are parents, but yeah, and I know that some of you have been saying, wait, I thought Congress was going to deal with daylight savings time, make it permanent. It's not happening, folks. Like the Senate got involved in it. I think that sort of voted accidentally on it. Um, <laughs> remember, back in 1973, we went to permanent daylight savings time, but people did not like how dark it became in the winters as far as late sunrise, and so they killed it after a year. They revived that idea last year. It's probably not happening. So we're still living in a world here in America where we're going to be changing our clocks twice a year for the foreseeable future. Especially if you're on the Western part of the time zone. So for example, Michigan and New York are in the same time zone. When I lived in Michigan, the sun rises and sets almost an hour later. So basically, if you'd never changed the clocks, that would have meant that in the winter, the sun would be rising at like 9 a.m., that's very late. Yeah, I'm a fan of permanent standard time, not permanent daylight savings time, but I'm in the minority there. And uh, it's not really going to change anyway, anytime soon. So we got to deal with it. I hope everybody uh, likes that extra hour of sleep on Saturday night. If you can get it, unless your kids are awake. Now to the headlines, Sam Bankman-Fried, aka SBF, one of the biggest names in crypto, found guilty in that FTX fraud case how much time he could potentially stay in prison. And Mosh, did he cut his hair for his trial? <laughs> Jill, it's going to be very difficult to upkeep that fro in prison. He's going to have to trim it. Then to the Middle East, Secretary of State Antony Blinken back in Tel Aviv. He's asking for a humanitarian pause. And Hezbollah's leader set to make a big speech today. Will he declare war on Israel? On to politics, Nikki Haley moving higher in the polls, tied with Ron DeSantis, but both still way behind the frontrunner, Donald Trump. Yeah, they're throwing rocks at each other and not at the big guy. And I will survive. Congressman George Santos <laughs> survives an effort to expel him from the House. We're going to have an update on Jill's congressman, everybody. I was rather disappointed, Mosh, that you didn't tag me or mention that in your write-up uh, of the George <laughs> Santos story. We're saving it for the pod, Jill. In business news, Disney will acquire all of Hulu, which could bring higher prices. And e-cigarette and tobacco use among high school students has fallen. Plus, why more acorns might be pelting you this fall. A warning to look up. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> or, or like a warning not to look up. 
And the Beatles released their last new song, thanks to AI. Jill, 61 years after Love Me Do came out, the last Beatles song. And you and I have thoughts we'll share with the, uh, <laughs> with the listeners. Plus, it is Friday, what we are watching, reading, and eating. And with a new sponsor this week. Stay tuned. All right, let's start with that big verdict from the financial world. The trial we've been watching the last couple of weeks, Sam Bankman-Fried, the 31-year-old former mogul who founded the FTX cryptocurrency exchange, was convicted Thursday of all seven charges of fraud and conspiracy after a month-long trial. These charges carry a maximum sentence of 110 years. Bankman-Fried became a symbol of crypto's excesses last year when FTX collapsed and he was charged with stealing as much as $10 billion from customers, all to finance political contributions, venture capital investments, and other extravagant spending. Bankman-Fried is expected to appeal. The jury of nine women and three men began deliberations on Thursday afternoon following nearly two weeks of testimony spread out over the past month. And they came back with that verdict very quickly, Jill. Most shockingly quick, I thought. Um, The witnesses, including his one-time girlfriend, Caroline Ellison, she ran Alameda Research, the crypto trading firm that he founded. Well, she blamed Bankman-Fried for the sudden failure of both companies less than a year ago. Federal prosecutors accused Bankman-Fried of treating FTX kind of like his personal piggy bank, saying that he used customer money to bolster his ambitions and prop up Alameda Research. Yeah, he claimed ignorance here. He was transferring billions of dollars to his personal account. But yeah, was it, that was literally the interview. Jill, last year at the DealBook conference, I remember the interview Andrew Ross Sorkin did with him, where he's like, I didn't think any of this was wrong. I would never do anything wrong. Uh, and then he was taking billions. By the way, he gave like 100 million in political donations and he was giving to mainly Democrats, but also some Republicans. And, and you know, there's a lot of his money still out there circulating. Some people returned it. Most people did not. The trial moved faster than anticipated with the prosecution calling more than a dozen witnesses, but fewer than they had planned. They felt like they had this thing in the bag. The defense called just three witnesses. One of them was Bankman-Fried himself. His testimony spanned three days. Um, Jill, during the testimony, he used the words, I can't recall, 140 times in response to cross-examination. He basically said that he had no intent to steal any money or defraud anybody. Uh, he was just, uh, according to the defense, a math nerd who built a thriving business but saw it undone by forces out of his control. The jury disagreed, and they have found him guilty on all counts. Some of the evidence uh, laid out by his former top advisors, who three of whom have pled guilty and agreed to cooperate. So basically, his senior team all turned on him to get lower prison sentences. The prosecution said, you know, he's not an innocent math nerd here. In fact, these other folks are accepting responsibility for their actions. That's something that Bankman-Fried is unwilling to to do. They said that he built this whole thing on, quote, a foundation of lies and false promises. So he faces up to 110 years based on these charges. It'll be up to the judge. His name is Lewis Kaplan. He presided over the trial, and he will make a final sentencing decision. But the presumption here is that Bankman-Fried, who's 31, probably spending at least a couple decades in prison. And as we said earlier, he's probably going to have to keep uh, keep his hair trim. I don't know if he's going to be able to have the shampoo and conditioner required to really keep that fro as beautiful as it once was. Mosh, the New York Times actually did a whole piece about this, <laughs> writing the shearing of Sam Bankman-Fried, the disgraced crypto king on trial for financial fraud, takes the stand, but his hair tells its own story. So he actually appeared in court with this newly cropped hairdo, and apparently it was from a fellow jail inmate. 
according to someone who is familiar with the situation. Well, I, I wonder if that inmate is going to be friends with him for a while. It looks like he's going to have to make some new friends in prison. Jill, it's remarkable. I mean, he built this multi-billion dollar company, was, as we know, uh, 30 under 30, 40 under 40 for Forbes, which is a doomsday sentence these days, it feels like, with some of the recent headlines. He lived in a $35 million house in the Bahamas, living the high life with presidents, CEOs, world leaders, um, funding huge media projects, viewed as the future. And it turned out behind the scenes, he was a complete and utter crook stealing from his own company. And then that whole thing, you know, uh, gets revealed as crypto is falling apart last fall. And uh, here we have it. Bankman freed off to prison for a very long time. Jill, as I read Twitter for reactions to this, Anthony Scaramucci, as on CNBC, talking about this, the former finance guy, former Trump advisor, short-lived Trump advisor, and he's asked on CNBC, do you believe Sam Bankman-Fried is a sociopath? Scaramucci says, there's no question that he's a sociopath. There you have it. But clearly, Bankman-Fried completely was off in his own world. Jill, any final thoughts, or should we let Mooch have the final word? We could let Mooch have the final word there. I'm, I'm comfortable with that. Okay, now to the Middle East, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken back in Tel Aviv today, where he is expected to urge the Israeli government to agree to a series of brief humanitarian pauses in fighting so that more aid can get into Gaza. Notably, this is not a full ceasefire that they're calling for, but rather pauses for a few hours in order to get the aid in, after which presumably the fighting would continue. The Biden administration has also been privately pressing Israel to limit its airstrikes in southern Gaza, arguing that the IDF has less legitimacy to be targeting that area of the Strip after telling civilians to evacuate there from the north for the past two weeks. Nearly 800,000 Palestinians have moved the five to 10 miles south as part of the evacuation in the last couple of weeks. IDF strikes have focused largely on northern Gaza, including Gaza City, where a larger proportion of Hamas strongholds are located. However, they say that they reserve the right to target the terror group anywhere in the Strip after that October 7th onslaught. President Biden said Thursday that the U.S. has helped 74 more Americans leave the Gaza Strip in that first wave of evacuations from the Hamas-controlled territory. That is in addition to the five who left on Wednesday through the Rafah border crossing with Egypt. The State Department saying about 400 U.S. citizens have been trying to leave Gaza. And along with their family members, that total is about 1,000 people. It appears Hamas is starting to let people out of the strip there. They are pushing for more. One note, as you mentioned, northern Gaza, Jill, the Israelis announced late Thursday that they have officially surrounded Gaza City from three different sides and are focused right now on eliminating tunnels. They're trying to identify the entrances to that network of hundreds of miles of tunnels underground that Hamas has built where fighters are located. The Israeli prime minister saying on Thursday, we're already beyond the outskirts of Gaza City. We are making progress. Nothing will stop us. Above ground, though, you mentioned the 800,000 Palestinians who left. Well, 300,000 Palestinians, according to the UN, remain behind in northern Gaza, either choosing or not being able to evacuate during the last couple of weeks. And this leads to a lot of concern about the escalating civilian death toll that we could be seeing as the fighting continues in Gaza City. And given that Hamas has really immersed itself, embedded itself within civilian infrastructure. Already right now, the death toll is above 9,000 in the Gaza Strip. That includes Hamas terrorists and civilians. Uh, and there's concern that that will continue to rise. One thing we talked about yesterday, 
the northern border of Israel and Hezbollah in Lebanon, whether multiple fronts might open. On Thursday, there was more rocket fire from southern Lebanon rained down on northern Israel, causing widespread damage in the northern city of Kiryat Shmona. And today, Hezbollah leader Hassan Nasrallah is set to deliver his first public speech since the start of the war. Uh, keep in mind, Hezbollah, also funded by Iran, uh, allied with Hamas, has promised that they will support Hamas, but they haven't gone full bore here. And so the big question is, with the speech, what will the announcement be, especially after three weeks? Um, and a lot of people in Lebanon who are like, Hezbollah, do not get us involved in this war. You stand down. At the same time, though, Hamas has been very frustrated with Hezbollah, saying, you guys need to hook us up. You need to open up a second front on Israel. Right now, uh, Hezbollah has been firing about 100 rockets a day on Israel, but they have more than 100,000 rockets, and Hamas hopes that they can do more from the north to distract the Israelis uh, from the invasion of Gaza. A lot depends on what happens in Iran. Notably, the uh, Israelis said on Thursday, the leader of Hamas is traveling from Qatar to Iran for talks. Uh, that is uh, Ismail Haniya. So we'll see what happens there. And if we didn't need any more bad actors or players in the region, Jill, remember the Wagner Group of Russia? Apparently, they are getting involved here. They are now under full control of the Russian government after their leader, Prigozhin, mysteriously died in that plane over the summer. The one that Putin claims he was playing with a grenade in the plane and the plane blew up. That's Putin's story here. But, you know, we know what Putin's up to. Uh, anyway, Wagner Group apparently is uh, planning to give an air defense system to Hezbollah. They're already involved in Syria. Remember that the uh, dictator there in Syria, Assad, is close to Russia, and he's had Wagner soldiers there. So you have Hezbollah, you have Hamas, you have Iran, you have the Russians, you got the Wagner group getting involved here. It's just a, it's a, quite a Star Wars bar scene of uh, folks. Well, I should say, uh, let me not diminish it very nefarious actors with terrible intentions. But uh, that's the situation that's a, out of a Wall Street Journal report citing U.S. intelligence officials on the Wagner involvement here. Um, and then keep in mind, as we get to the humanitarian issue here in Gaza, supplies of fuel, food, water have dwindled. The U.N. says truckloads of international aid trickling in daily, still insufficient to meet the needs of the two and a half million Palestinians who live in the Gaza Strip. Israeli officials have so far refused to allow fuel deliveries into Gaza, saying that it would just be diverted to Hamas. And that has shuttered the territory's only power plant and many of its backup generators, hobbling vital services like hospitals and desalination for drinking water. The Israeli military chief of staff indicating in a news conference on Thursday afternoon that their position could potentially change, stressing that Palestinians have been saying that fuel has been running out for two weeks, but that they do still have some. So he said, we'll see when that day is. Fuel will be transferred with oversight to the hospitals and we'll do everything to ensure that it does not reach Hamas. It is notable the U.S. came out on Thursday to call out Hamas for basically stealing aid and fuel from civilians. And Israel has said that Hamas has plenty of fuel because they need fuel to, to keep the lights on in the 100 miles of tunnels and to launch those rockets. Exactly. Either way, Mosh, um, the images are hard to watch, you know, and I and unfortunately, it looks like this is going to get even worse. Yeah, it's it's very rough going. I don't know what will come out of the diplomacy over the weekend, but it is wild to think that actually tomorrow marks four weeks since that initial terrorist attack. And the war is now a month old. All right, Jill, let's take a break here from the news for a hot second. Thanks to some of our sponsors. Parlez-vous français? <laughs> Habla espanol? Si, un poco. 
Un poco. <laughs> well, Jill, if you're looking to increase that Spanish know-how or your knowledge about another language, right now we have a new sponsor here called Babbel. The best way to learn a language is through immersion, living where the language is spoken. But of course, you can't do that. That's not possible for all of us. So what's the second best way to learn language? Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L. Because with Babbel, you can start speaking a language in just three weeks. I started Spanish lessons with Babbel last month. I do need to get back to them, but I have been liking their process so far. The thing about Babbel is instead of a private tutor, this works. There's quick 10-minute lessons. They're designed by language experts in a whole number of languages, uh, real people for real conversations. You might remember the language classes you took in high school where you you know, learned various words that you're never going to use. What I like about Babbel, they're rooted in real-life situations. If you travel to a country, there's practical things that you immediately learn. And right now, they have a limited special deal right now for the Mo News audience. 55% off, 55, 55% off Babbel right now. You can head to babbel.com, that is B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash Mo News to get our discount. That's just about $6 a month to learn a new language. Again, the deal, 55% off at babbel.com slash Mo News, B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash Mo News. Rules and restrictions do apply. And Mosh, we always talk about our super busy days and how, uh, especially with kids, it's hard to find time to eat. Well, here comes Factor. I got a few of their ready-to-eat meals and juices last week. I am particularly enjoying all of the juices, which have been great as I've been battling this cold. I particularly enjoyed the spinach and mushroom chicken thighs. Delicious, uh, but all of the food was really good. They come on ice, ready to put in the fridge, and then eat right away. They are chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. If you are too busy this fall to cook, but you want to make sure that you are eating well with Factor, you could skip the extra trip to the grocery store and all the chopping and prepping and cleaning up while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality that you need. And these aren't your parents or grandparents' frozen TV dinners. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy. And then you get back to just crushing your goals. 35 weekly chef prepared meals. There are so many healthy options, including bowls and salads ready to go. And that means no microwave is even necessary. And now we do have a special deal for Mo News customers. Head to factormeals.com slash Mo News 50 and use the code Mo News 50 to get 50% off. That is code Mo News 50 at factormeals.com slash Mo News 50 and you get 50% off. All right, time now for the speed read. Let's start with politics and the presidential race from USA Today. Support for Nikki Haley has surged in Iowa. The former United Nations ambassador has pulled even with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in what has become a heated battle for second place in the first in the nation caucus state. But former President Trump still dominates the race. He is ahead by 27 percentage points a lead that has expanded slightly despite his mounting legal problems. A new Des Moines Register, NBC News, Mediacom, Iowa poll showing 43% of likely Republican caucus goers choose Trump as their first choice for president, up from 42% in an August Iowa poll. Continues to dominate here. Then you have DeSantis and Haley tied for second place at 16%. That's a drop for DeSantis, who was up higher before. It's a 10-point jump for Haley, who was previously at 6%. 
Uh, right now, the two of them have spent a lot of time battling each other right now, particularly over their approach to the Hamas-Israel war. Neither of them is devoting any of the millions of dollars they're spending on TV, radio, internet right now to criticizing Trump at all. They're just focused on beating each other up. Uh, and so we'll see how that works out for them, whether this is a repeat of 2016 as the candidates did that to each other and allowed Trump to win, or whether one of them will turn their sights um, on Trump. Jill, uh, there's a whole rumor going around that Ron DeSantis wears lifts in his shoes to make himself appear taller. And there's some photographic evidence to that extent. And so Nikki Haley was on with Charlemagne the God and was asked whether she's going to wear heels to the next debate. And she goes, I don't know, we'll have to figure this out. But I can tell you, I've always talked about my high heels. I've never hid them from anybody. Ouch. So she's stoking the the high heel thing. So, you know, if you thought politics was ever going to get highbrow, nope, never going to. Um, DeSantis has struggled uh, for a number of months here. Haley is surging, particularly with her foreign policy experience, given what we're seeing around the world right now. And so there's a lot of Republican donors right now who are seeing her as the experienced conservative leader, foreign policy hawk, alternative to Trump. The idea is that if Trump is dominating 40 to 50 percent of Republican vote, you really only have room for one other person to run against him. And, you know, in recent months, you know, the question is, is it Ramaswamy? Is it Tim Scott? Is it Nikki Haley? Is it Ron DeSantis? And right now she appears to be um, the flavor of the month. And the question is whether she can ride this into the primaries and caucuses in January. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll have to watch what happens. There's another debate coming up in the next couple of weeks. All right, now to this from Politico. Congressman George Santos easily survived a vote late Wednesday to expel him from the House as most Republicans and 31 Democrats opted to withhold punishment while both his criminal trial and a House Ethics Committee investigation proceed. Jill, he uh, photoshopped a photo of himself wearing a crown over a backdrop of Congress with the caption, if you come for me, you best not miss. Oh my God. Basically portraying himself as the king. If you come for the king, you best not miss. And he says, tonight was a victory for due process, not me. This is never about me, and I'll never let it become about me. With the photo of him wearing a crown saying, if you come for the king, you best not miss. It's funny. All I think when I hear that quote is Omar from The Wire when he says uh, it. Listen, he, he's got the pop culture reference down. Now, the effort to kick Santos out of the House was laid by his fellow New York Republicans who are anxious to distance themselves from a colleague infamous for hmm, fabricating his entire life story. And he's also accused of stealing from donors, lying to Congress and receiving unemployment benefits that he did not deserve. But the resolution failed to gain the required two thirds vote. Supporters couldn't even gain a simple majority with the final vote being 179 for expulsion and 213 against. And it was notable because literally not a single member of Congress would speak up in his defense. But there's a couple issues here. One, Republicans have a very slim majority. And if they kicked them out, they would have an even slimmer majority. You know, they have the four seat majority. They don't want the three seat majority. And they're willing to swallow Santos for now in order to preserve what they do have. Speaker Mike Johnson, the new speaker, said Santos should also get his day in court that you can't expel members because they are charged with a crime. We have the presumption of innocence until proven guilty. And that also was an issue for some Democrats who are like, I can't stand the guy. I think he's terrible, but he hasn't been convicted of anything. So like, I don't feel right about expelling him. You mentioned some of the things that he's done. He's lied about where he went to college. He lied about being like a star volleyball player. <laughs> that one is so silly. He lied about where he worked. 
He lied about family connections to the Holocaust, to 9-11, to the Pulse nightclub. I, by the way, the 9-11 lie was that his mom was in the towers 9-11. She was not. He just, he came up with stuff. And by the way, that was particularly offensive to his New York colleagues who were like, you made up a 9-11 lie, bro? How could you do that? And then those are the lies, some of them. By the way, he also bounced checks to buy dogs from a puppy mill and was like running a fake pet charity at some point. And then you have the serious stuff that he faces potential prison time for, 23 felony counts of financial violations, stealing from donors. His campaign manager has already pled guilty about something she did with Santos. Uh, he faces a trial next year. All that, all of that. And I'm missing some stuff in there because the Santos you know, thing just continues and continues. They needed those two thirds. They needed another 100 members to vote for it. And they just didn't have it. And so right now, what we're waiting on is uh, on the Congressional Ethics Committee. They issued a memo saying they will have their full investigation coming out November 17th. And so there are some members who say, let's wait for the Ethics Committee. And potentially next year, let's wait for the trial. But then, of course, his term will be done at that point. Santos, by the way, saying, I feel like due process is still alive. I feel like there's enough colleagues on both sides who understand that. But again, no one spoke in his defense. He even had to give the floor to people who criticized him in this kind of embarrassing moment um, in Congress. Keep in mind, this is a very rare punishment. They've only expelled five members in history, three during the Civil War, two after convictions. And so it would have been pretty groundbreaking for them to kick him out before any conviction, despite the preponderance of the evidence here. Jill, how are folks feeling in your congressional district about uh, your congressman after uh, Wednesday night? exhausted per usual <laughs> did anyone go as him for halloween i feel like that was a natural in the uh in your new york congressional district interestingly no i i mean i did not see, see any Santoses. george santos's i saw a lot of barbie and ken some cowgirls cowboys no george santos all right Want to also quickly mention on Wednesday evening, the House voted to reject an effort to censure um, Representative Rashida Tlaib, a Democrat for Michigan, and Democrats also called off an effort to censure uh, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, a Republican from Georgia. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, censuring, not much legislating, a lot of dealing with some of the troublemakers, depending on who you listen to in Congress. From the Washington Post, Disney says it's acquiring the remaining 33% stake of Hulu that was held by Comcast. Streaming services continue to maneuver to catch up to Netflix, the only streaming company that has figured out how to post significant profits. Acquiring Hulu gives Disney a streaming service aimed at adults as opposed to Disney Plus, which caters to younger viewers. Consumers won't see any immediate changes. And since Disney just announced a round of price hikes on its streaming platforms, more are unlikely in the near future. Viewers will continue to have the option to bundle Hulu with Disney Plus and also ESPN Plus if they wish. So Hulu back in the day was a cooperative of multiple networks. Over time, Disney bought more and more of it, uh, saw an opportunity. I haven't watched Hulu in a while, Jill. I feel like Handmaid's Tale was probably the last regular show I watched there. You've been watching anything on Hulu? No original content. Just, you know, it's a, <laughs> just maybe some older Oh, stuff. they have the Kardashians. I've actually never seen it. You saw the OG Kardashians. No, never. You've never? I have never watched an episode of the Kardashians. We learn something new about Jill every day here, <laughs> folks. As far as Disney's full-on takeover of Hulu, it's a sign of the times, according to most analysts, that everyone's looking at merging and consolidating here because there's also been all this uncertainty going on. The actors' strike still going on well over 100 days. Uh, there was the writers' strike. And, you know, we've been talking about, you know, that we've passed the moment of peak TV when everyone was spending so much money to create so much content. Uh, 600 shows aired on TV this year. Given the strike and less spending, we probably will see half that 
next year. So the result here is that consumers are paying more for less. So we're going to see consolidation here, see, you know, how many streaming services you can keep up with, how many passwords you can get from friends and share, etc. And so that's a bit of what we're watching in the uh, streaming space. From CBS News, e-cigarette use is down among high school students, but remains steady among middle schoolers compared to last year, according to a study from the CDC. This new report is based on findings from the 2023 National Youth Tobacco Survey, which looked at use of nine tobacco product types, flavored tobacco products, and e-cigarettes among both age groups. So from 2022 to 2023, findings showed general tobacco use among high schoolers declined from 16.5% to 12.6%. E-cigarette use declined from 14.1% to 10%, so not insignificant. Among middle schoolers, grades 6 to 8, there were no significant changes in e-cigarette use from 2022 to 23, but there was a slight increase in the number of middle school students currently using at least one tobacco product or multiple tobacco products from 45 to 6.5%. Yeah, so the CDC says the decline in e-cigarette use among high school students shows great progress, but their work, they say, is far from over. The research also highlighted that the use of tobacco products in any form is unsafe, especially for young people, that it can harm the developing brain, cause addiction to nicotine. E-cigarettes have been an issue here for a number of years. Just a couple years ago, the American Academy of Pediatrics called for a new effort to discourage children and teens from e-cigarettes saying if we don't manage it, it threatens to reverse five decades of public health gains. From Axios, if your sidewalks are extra nutty with acorns this fall, certain species of oak trees in the region may be masting or producing enormous crops of seed. There is a mystery at the center of why there are so many nuts, as scientists are unsure exactly what triggers mast events every few years or why many tree species, not just oaks, experience them. Mosh, in the suburbs, I can tell you, it definitely feels like there are a lot more acorns than usual. Some scientists have suggested that mast events could be set off by environmental factors like temperature and precipitation or chemical signals such as pollen levels. They've also proposed that they may be tied to the availability of resources like fertilizers and light. What they do know is that they can have profound effects on the local environment. Jill, this appears to be a situation across the country. I'm seeing reports out of Houston about this, reports out of D.C. about this, that it's just feeling a bit nutty, like literal (laughs) nuts, not the news, which is also nutty right now. So I feel like we're all going to be turned into Jack Hanna for a little bit uh, this fall winter because these mass events for acorns really impact the local food web. Of course, the squirrels love the acorns, but the nuts are also important for bears, for deer, uh, for many different types of birds and insects. So there could be a cascading effect here uh, on the dark side. Rodents and deer, depending on where you live, could also be seeking out these acorns. So be on the lookout as it continues to feel like a pretty nutty November. And finally, from CBS News, the last new Beatles song, Now and Then, was released on Thursday, 60 years after the onset of Beatlemania. The fresh release features the voices of all four original Beatles performers with surviving members Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr essentially finishing what was initially an old demo recording by John Lennon. Take a listen. All 
All right. I happen to like the lighter stuff from Beatles, like Love, Love Me Do, Twist and Shout. Their first song, Love Me Do, Love Me Do was the first song ever. Yeah. I love Let It Be. I, I mean, I love, like, that's my absolute favorite. I like Hey Jude. But mm-hmm. you know what? I've listened to now and then a few times. I guess it's growing on me. And it's cool that there's new music. We both reacted on text messages like, man. <laughs> and now, like, we're listening to it again. We're like, okay, like, it's nice. Like, you know, it feels very Beatles-y. Like, you know, you're, the, the, the sounds of McCartney and the guitar and that works. We also have to remember this was a song that was meant to come out decades ago, right? Music <laughs> right, has changed. Ago. The sound yeah. of music has changed so much. Yeah, Lennon recorded the original here more than 40 years ago in the same group of demo recordings that uh, they also used to create the songs Free as a Bird and Real Love in the mid-90s. So how did the Beatles make this new song? Well, Now and Then was in part helped by artificial intelligence to separate out Lennon's original vocals before then incorporating McCartney and Ringo's musical additions in the studio last year. They had to take out an initial guitar that was attached to it and isolate his vocals. A short documentary film was also uh, released on YouTube this week, uh, documenting how they did this. McCartney and Ringo marvel at how clearly Lennon's voice comes through in the newly packaged version of Now and Then. McCartney saying, all those memories come flooding back. My God, how lucky was I to have those men in my life to still be working on Beatles music in the year 2023. Wow. And then Starr said it was the closest we'll ever come to having Lennon back in the room Far out. Far out. Said <laughs> said like a boomer there. Far out, man. Far out. It is Friday. Cheers to the freaking weekend. Time for what we are watching, reading, and eating. And Mosh, before we get to it, we have a sponsor this week. Yeah, we're sponsored by Home Act. Jill, you and I and the team uh, took one of their chef-led virtual cooking classes a few weeks ago. So Home Act offers virtual home cooking classes. We made steak au pav and mac and cheese, very fancy. Had a chef named uh, Chef Garrison who coached us through it. And that's one of the nice parts of what Home Ec does is whether it's a team building event uh, for uh, colleagues or a family function, a chef will take you through the recipe, um, advise you. Literally, you'll hold up the camera and be like, am I doing this right? Does this need to be cooked longer? In my case, it was like, I don't have any of the ingredients that you put on the list, work with me. What can you do with X, Y, and Z? And and I will say, Chef Garrison walked me through it and I came out with something that was pretty good. Yeah, we had a great time uh, working with Homac and we're very happy to be partnering with them. They have larger classes where the chef uh, cooks alongside, it could be dozens of you, hundreds of you potentially. They work with companies, holiday parties. Again, you can do with family. They also do smaller groups like like we were, where he's just coaching us through and literally he's like, all right, Jill, you don't have six of the things on the list. What else do you have in your cabinet? And it totally worked. And so right now they're offering a, a discount to try it out with the Mo News code, literally the code Mo News, offering 15% off. The website is homeec, H-O-M-E-E-C dot C-O, homeec dot C-O, H-O-M-E-E-C dot C-O with the code Mo News for a discount for your next virtual cooking class so you can start to impress your friends and family with your skills in the kitchen. All right, Mosh, what are you watching this weekend? Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-
I've never watched it the first time. And my husband actually said, watch Suits because I'm rewatching Sex in the City. And he's like, watch something new. <laughs> There's so much I haven't watched. So good reminder. I'll put Suits on my list uh, as well. And Mosh, I'm going to be watching The Gilded Age. I love it. It's on HBO or Max or whatever we're calling it now. I think I'm going to call it Max, yeah. And it is back for its second season. Of course, HBO does not release the whole season in one full swoop. So I'll just have, I think, one or two episodes. But uh, I love I thought that was a great show. Jill, what are you reading? All right. In the Wall Street Journal, this title caught my eye. We have used showers for centuries why can't hotels make them easier? Guests just want to get clean without wet floors and confusing temperature controls. I'll be reading that. I feel like that's worth an SNL sketch. Like, who are the people who designed hotel bathrooms? Because, like, it's always so confusing. And you're there for a night, and you're like, why are you wasting my time with, like, these crazy controls? Too hot, too cold. Like, the, the handle is too hard to reach. You have to get wet. It's terrible. All right, I'm reading that too. But I'm also reading a book out by a um, great New York Times investigative journalist named Walt Bogdanich. The title, When McKinsey Comes to Town. You might be familiar with the McKinsey Consulting Firm. Uh, he spent several years investigating them, uh, their various work for the tobacco industry, China, military companies, uh, sometimes two sides of the same negotiation. They're basically coaching both sides of the team. And most significantly, Purdue Pharma, consulting for them on how to better sell OxyContin to America, as it was being criticized. So it's fascinating, concerning uh, book. I actually just interviewed him. And we'll have an interview with the author over on the Mo News Premium podcast in the coming weeks. So when McKinsey comes to town, uh, good read. All right, Mosh, my favorite part of this. What are we eating? So Jill, we got an ice cream delivery here with several flavors, including a pumpkin flavor. It's from the good folks at the Adirondack Creamery Ice Cream. They have a, a website where you can check out some of their unique flavors. Uh, they also have a Syrian date walnut flavor that I love as well. So I'm going to be getting into some ice cream this weekend while I watch Sliced Alone and or Suits. Jill, what's for dinner? Mosh, we have not even made a dent in our Halloween candy. So I'm just going to keep on going with that probably all weekend. So we still have some good stuff left. We're not down to like... Um, We're not down to the filler. Although my husband says that I'm missing out on candy corns. He feels like uh, that we've misjudged them. Michael, you can keep all the candy corn. <laughs> also, I feel like they're out, but like I still see them once in a while. Like the Tootsie Rolls, those little Tootsie yes. Rolls that come like prepackaged. I like Who, those. Why are people buying them? Really? That's, I'm going to ship them to Long Island. All the ones we got. <laughs> All right, guys, my teeth kind of hurt just thinking about it. Um, thank you for listening to the Mo News Podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this with your friends. It will help us grow. Follow us and subscribe so you don't miss an episode and review us in the App Store. And if you like what we're doing here, consider joining Mo News Premium. You get access to a members-only podcast, members-only Instagram account, answering questions, talking about a lot of stuff over there on the uh, Mo News Premium Instagram account. It's a way to support what we're doing and get that extra content over at mo.news slash premium. So admittedly, Mosh, there is so much additional content on the Mo News premium Instagram account. I don't actually have time to necessarily listen to it all. I did see that someone asked you today because you kind of do like the ask me anything. Right, right. We, we try to answer like 10 to 20 questions a day. They asked, like if you have a photographic memory, which I've actually thought too is like, how does he know all this? How is this all crammed into his brain? I have a weird memory where like I can remember like dates for like things the French and British negotiated in the Middle East in the 1920s. But then like, I'll go to a restaurant with Alex and I'll be like, I think I'm going to get X on the menu. And she's like, 
Mosh, we were here last month and you hated it. I'm like, really? I ordered that? <laughs> Wait, we actually went to this restaurant? So like, my memory works in very weird ways. So I don't think it's photographic, but it's just, it's it, it leans in the direction of like remembering weird historical <laughs> dates. All right, well, we'll take it, right? Because it's it's certainly helpful to us. Um, but those are <laughs> that is what you are missing if you are not a Mo News Premium member. Oh, and more baby pictures of baby Olivia. She makes more appearances on the premium feed. All right, everyone have a wonderful weekend. See everyone on Monday. Thanks for listening to the Mo News Podcast.